I'm going to read you a few verses from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse from verses 11 onwards. So you might want to follow your Bible with you. Ephesians, chapter 2, and from verse 11. It says, Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you at that time were separated from Christ alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers of the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments and ex- expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing hostility. So then, You are no longer strangers or aliens, verse 19, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets Christ, Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by his spirit, being built into a dwelling place for God by his spirit. Well, it's a real joy to be here today. It really is. I had the privilege of being here for a service. I had the privilege of being at the Kirkwood site, and now I'm back here again. I, I, they work you hard in this church. <laughs> They're working hard in this, but uh, no, really, I, I, I just love everything that God is doing amongst you. I am thrilled about it. And uh, the greatest joy really will be for those who do not know the Lord, but because of the uh, adjustments that we're willing to make, they will come to know the Lord. And that's where the big win is, that people come to know the Lord. Father, thank you this morning as we come to your word. We want to learn to hear, to be changed and transformed by you, the maker of all things. So let it be your word that we hear, Father, and let it change us for the better. I pray, Father, that at the end of it, we all will be edified and built up, and Jesus Christ will be glorified in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. O Lord, our Lord, how how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have filled the whole earth with your glory. When I look at the moon and the stars, the, the works of your fingers, not even the works of your hand, the works of your they were like light work to you. When I look at the moon and the stars, the works of your fingers, how that you have set them in place. What is man that you are mindful of him? What is the son of man that you even bother with him? 
You made him a little lower than the angels. You made the birds of the air. You made the fish of the sea. You made all of the, the cattle of the field. Oh Lord, our Lord, how, how majestic is your name in all the earth. That is Psalm 8. And in that psalm, the psalmist is giving and painting for us the picture of a God who is all wise, who creates without effort, without breaking sweat. He only speaks and it comes into existence. He's painting for us the picture of a mighty creator. But he's also painting for us the picture of a creator who in his creation, he loves differences. He loves diversity. No wonder the first verse of the first chapter of the first book of the Holy Bible, you will see diversity in it. And I wanted to speak to you this morning about celebrating diversity, the differences. The first verse of the first chapter of the first book, in the first verse says, In the beginning, God created the heavens, plural, and the earth. If you said to him, why did you have to make two? Just make one. Why heavens and earth? Why, why complicate it? He'd be like, because I like it that way. <laughs> That's sovereignty for you. Majesty for you. I like it. Of course, Lord. <laughs> In the 11th verse of chapter 1 of the book of Genesis, he says, let us have plants. So he made plants and different vegetation and fruits and all kinds of, each after its own kind. And each of these plants have their own species. And each of the species get broken down into different... I mean, we have a whole science faculty trying to just... You know, we get excited when we discover something. Oh, there's a new plant. plant. Nobody's ever seen this before. How about the God who made it? <laughs> I mean, you know what? As human beings, we really ought to get over ourselves from time to time. How about the one who made it with the word? He just spoke. And there it is. And from that time till now, it remains. You'd be like, why did you create so many different types? I joked earlier on that one of my uh, American friends, especially if they come from L.A., one these, you know, these dry, arid places, they come to places like London, and in the suburbs there they see the lush greenery of all these plants. They often be, oh, very nice. You know, I remember one of them asking me, oh, what's, what's this plant called? don't know i just live here i don't i don't know <laughs> you know if i can't eat it i'm not interested <laughs> why did you make different types because i like it so god would say in verse 20 he says let us make animals on the face of the earth livestock different ones different ones when I first went to England, I'm a Nigerian. When I went from Nigeria to England, going back a couple of decades now, I remember my utter shock and amazement at seeing these teeny-weeny little dogs, these poodles <laughs> that they have in the West. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> I never knew women's purses could move <laughs> by itself. What is that? Like, it's a dog. No, it's not. That's not a dog. I know what dogs look like. 
That's not a dog. No, it's a dog, they would say. Well, I know it's got a tail and it's got four little things going for it, but that's not a, that's not a dog. To me, this is a big rat. <laughs> it's not a dog. This is a very, very well-fed rat. Yeah, because in Africa where I come from, dogs, they respect themselves. They're big. They bark. A proper bark. They don't get carried in women's, but they're big. This is not a dog. Different. Why did you make them so different? I just like it that way, he would say. As if that's not enough. Verse 27. Genesis chapter 1 still. He says this. And he made them male and female. Male and female created he them. Oh, this is good news to me. Because I just... I just, you know, I'm very happily married. And I am just glad he made women. Yeah, I know. No guy wants to say that. I want to say it. What, a, what would the world be like if we were all men? Drinking beer, breaking wind, watching television. It's not going to be good. I like women. I just do. Let's have some ladies around the place. I know no preacher says this. I'm going to say it. Just have some ladies around them. They're nice. They're kind. They, you know, they like pink. <laughs> they wear pink things. Yeah. But hang on. i got a pink shirt. <laughs> you see how much I like the women? This is a... <laughs> so why did you make them so different? It's like, I like it that way. He loves this. God loves Diversity. Why else would you see it all at the beginning of creation in the first chapter of the Holy Bible? It's a massive message right here. Chapter 3, show you how much he loves it. Chapter 3, verse 20, he says, And the man named her Eve, for she is the mother of all that is living. Call her Eve, mother of the living. There's a hint there that although there is diversity, there's also unity behind it and in it. Because we all come from the same place. That's the point. Mother of the living. Malachi chapter 2 verse 10 says, Do we not all have one father? Has not the same God created us all? So whether you're black or you're white or you're white, the same God, the same God created us all. I used to work in pathology. And when it comes to all those in blood transfusion, I'll tell you right now, I know a lot about blood once the blood has been collected, you cannot tell did this come from a white guy or a black guy or what. It's all the same. No, we have blood groups, but you cannot tell. The one who created it all made it all the same. All come from one. The same God created us all. Acts chapter seventeen, the apostle Paul is speaking there. He says he talks about God. Who he talked about the God who made. Then who made uh, who created the nations of the earth? From one man, he created all the nations, and in creating them, he allotted them periods and boundaries and dwelling places. That if possible, that man should seek after God to find him. Yet he is not far from us, for it is in him that we live and we move and we have our being in him. He says this: For we are his offspring; we all come from him. We all come from the same God. The Christian, the Muslim, the black one, the white one, the short one, the tall one. The same God made us all. 
Revelation chapter 5 says when we, the throne room of God says worship is going on and the songs are being sung. Worthy is the lamb who's slain. Worthy are you for you ransomed people for God. You ransomed people for, he's going to tell you what kind of people he ransoms. From every tribe, from every language, every people group. So salvation is for all kinds of people. I'm trying to show you from Genesis right through to Revelation, the love that this God has for diversity. You might say of God, he's almost obsessed with it. Because he puts that stamp in every ounce of creation. It's a good thing. I'm trying to paint a picture for you that you may know you are not a mistake. You are carefully, deliberately, intentionally designed and crafted from the mind of a gracious God. That's God for you. But we live in a fallen world. And it's a shame that the same differences that God made for good, He put it there for good, for His own good pleasure. The same differences. Human beings will look at these differences and use it for evil. The same dif- they should be seeing the difference and be like, you're different from me. And we're kind of the same but different. This is unbelievable. You'll be happy. No, they would look at it and use it for wickedness and for hostility and for evil. How else do you explain it? Six million Jews killed really because they're just different. You think of places like in Africa where you had wars in Rwanda. Almost one million people slaughtered in a space of 90 days. They used to live next door to each other. Hutus and Tutsis. They used to live next door to each other. But when evil comes, axes are picked up and people slaughter themselves. Think about it now. Almost a million people in 90 days. It's a horrific stats terrible genocide on the face of the earth in which we live and the same things are still going on till today in the war in Sierra Leone because of one people group would want to vote one way or the other you see militias come up and say to them where do you belong you want to vote for that person I'll teach you never to vote for them stretch out your hand and they will cut off their hands they would even joke about it what do you want a long sleeve or a short sleeve they are cut it here or cut it here And that's the end of that. We live. We live in a very dark world. Don't let the joy and the peace that you have make you ever forget. That we live in a world where people will go to villages and harvest out innocent girls, put them in trucks, take them to different parts of the world on ships in the most horrific of circumstances, promise them things that will never happen and turn them into nothing but sex slaves and they would never get out of that thing. Human beings just like you, created by God, just like you. No wonder it says in Psalm 74 verse 20 that pay regard unto the covenant for the dark places of the earth are full of habitations of cruelty. There is cruelty in this world in which we live. It's with all, of, with all that in mind that God would say, enough. That he, the light of the world, will step down into darkness. And come begin to put things right. 
Because he intended before to go to a people group, the Jews, the Israelites, and make them his people so that all the other nations can look and be like, oh, their God is good. Therefore, let us, let us, go, to the, let us go to the God of the Israelites. Let us go, Isaiah chapter 2, that he may teach us his way and he may teach us his word. But the Jews, after a while, they just begin to see themselves almost as superior. And when Jesus came, they just, they saw themselves as superior even to Jesus. Because the average Pharisee had wanted nothing to do with anybody else. He was, I'm holy, I'm beyond you, I'm beside you, I'm better than you, was what was in his mind the whole time. Jesus came, they were, they were offended that he would be friends with sinners. Because Light is coming and he's going to break up all these divisions that exist. So the Jews are here and so he begins to speak to the Gentiles. And he says, let me tell you, Gentiles. He says, remember now, and this goes for all humanity. Remember that at one time you, you were separated from God. You were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. <laughs> you had no belonging, no hope is what that means. He said, you were strangers of the covenant. You had no goodwill coming your way. Strangers of the covenants of promise. You had no hope and without God in the world. It does not get any worse than that. It's a picture of where you and I have come from. It amazes me when I see human beings think one is better than the other. We all came, we're all pigs snorting from the same trough in the beginning. We all come from the same hell hole and damnation. He says, is that's where you came from. Which is important, by the way, for you to truly appreciate your salvation on a daily basis to remember what he saved you from. He saved you. Even if you had a bad, bad background, poor, poverty-stricken, it was hard. That was not the worst. The worst is that you are an enemy of God on a collision course with the Almighty. And you had hell as your destination. That was the worst. I mean, it's one thing to miss this world, but to miss eternity also. He says, remember, that's who you were. But now, now it's going to change. Here comes the good news. Brace yourselves. But now, in Christ, those of you who are far off, you can now come near. And everybody said, Amen. because this is good news. From far, you, far, you can come. You, what, what, what do I have to do to come? Just come as you are. <laughs> just come as you Just come, come. Those who are far, you can now come near. And he did it by the blood of Jesus Christ. So there's no other way by which we can be saved but through Christ. I'm preaching the gospel here to you. Through Jesus Christ. So he brought you through. And it says, and he is our peace. So that now he's making peace between the Jew and the Gentile. There is no other way by which we can be saved but in Jesus Christ. No other way for any other human being. So now he's made peace inside himself. And he did it by abolishing the law because the Jew, the Jew is looking like, hang on, we can't just have the Gentiles. We're just coming in. Jesus is like, yeah, just coming in. Oh, well, well, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to be offensive to you. I know you, Jesus, but they can't just come in. So why not? Well, you know, we're special. I mean, they can't, for a start, they haven't obeyed the laws. Uh, what laws? All, you know, 613 laws. For them to be accepted, we want them obeying all the laws. Even the Jew couldn't obey the laws. But when he sees somebody else who he thinks is another, he's going to be very apartheid towards him and say, you, you have not obeyed the laws. But have you?
never mind that. You have not obeyed the law. <laughs> this is the grand hypocrisy of religion. Go around telling people what to do. Have you done it? No. Well, let's just have a video clip of your life in the dark. He says this. Jesus said, okay, you know, you keep trumping this law issue. Give me the law. No, I like the law. Give it to me. Takes the law. And Jesus swallows it. Now the law is inside. Then he says to the Gentile, you, want, you don't have to obey each of these laws. Just come into me. When you come into me, you get it for free. This is why I'm a Christian. It's like free. I'll take it. I mean, I'm Nigerian. Anything free, I'll take it. I'll just take it. Is that you don't have to, you don't have to, 630, how many of those laws would you remember? You spent all your life being like, I don't want to break any of the laws. Uh, number 498, what was that again? What was that? Yeah, that was the one that if you forget the laws, you're dead. Oh. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, now, in him, in him, he says it so many times in Ephesians chapter 2, that he is our peace and so he has broken down the dividing wall of hostility smashed it all up thereby saying jew you can come in christ gentle you can come in christ when you're in christ now you're not what you were you're now a new creation for if any man be in christ he's a new creation the old is gone the new has come and all things are of god second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 all things are of god you're now new in fact there's so many of you, it's like you're a whole new race. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. For you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, to show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So the church is not just, you know, uh, people who come to, yeah, I give my life to Christ, yeah, it's where I go. And so, no, no, you're a different, you, you belong to a different race. Your name from now is now Saint. Saint. Saint Dylan. I know it doesn't sound right, but Saint Dylan. <laughs> Rebecca doesn't call him that. She's like, mm, I wouldn't go that far. No, Saint Dylan. <laughs> You're a saint now. So it says in Ephesians chapter 1 to the saints. That's who you are. So who are you going to believe? Yourself? That is going to, you're going to keep lying to yourself. You know, I'm not that good. The devil, who's going to say, oh, for sure you're useless. Or you're going to listen to God who calls you saint. But when he calls you a saint, he's not just suggesting or giving a title. He's, not, he's saying who you are and prophesying it over you. To the saints. The more you believe it, the more you will become it. He says, it therefore created one new man. One new man. What does all this mean for you and I in the church today? If all that theology is true, how do we work it out? Number one, we go beyond integration to acceptance. When we're working with one another, we go beyond integration to accept. Integration says, okay, we've got some black people here. They're not getting on with the white people here. We kind of want them to come together, uh, suggest some things. It doesn't work. Uh, tell them, go there, go there. It doesn't work. Uh, okay, force them. Get together. Integration doesn't quite, it, it has some things for it, but it doesn't quite work. It uses laws 
which I'm happy, I'm glad about the Lord. I'm glad that there are laws against racism. I'm glad that there are laws against all these things. It's good because we live in a dark, broken world where there is no law, there is no sin. But there is sin, therefore we, have, we need the laws. So I'm glad about the laws, but in the church, we don't end up, we don't end it at the law stage. We go beyond integration to acceptance. In the world, they'd be like, you know what, at the workplace, uh, everybody here is all black in the company. We need a couple of white guys to make it look good. A couple of white guys to make it, just to make it look, you know, make it go. We don't do that in the church. Because in the church of Jesus Christ, with all the power and the love that he has given to us, we refuse to settle for any superficial expression of diversity. We don't want any cheap version. We want the real thing. And for us to have the real thing, we don't go by integration. Okay, let's have five black singers, five white singers. You know, make sure they're all about the same height. Well, how far are you going to get with that? How far are you going to get? Not very far. We go beyond integration to acceptance and say, you're my brother. You're my sister. Because the same God has called us. So we don't go by laws. We don't, you know, Jesus took away his love. We don't write our own new laws. We will now have in this church uh, equal number of black and white saying, what's wrong with you? It's a new old new law. We're going to go way beyond that and love people. You know that the gospel has really worked inside you. When you finish worshiping, you don't even remember who was black, who was white, who was leading. Not because you don't care about the differences. We celebrate them. But because we get to look at Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, who died for us. And the more we look that way at him, our hands stretch out and we hold each other in true unity. That's the way it works. We go beyond integration to acceptance. Number two, we go beyond toleration to love. Toleration says, I... I don't like you, but I won't kill you. <laughs> and it thinks it's done the right thing. It's like, I'm not that bad. I mean, I never harm you, do I? I don't like, oh, if he's in certain parts of the world, he doesn't even say it. He just smiles it. Ah, hello. <laughs> Toleration says, let us agree to disagree. What is that? What? Let us agree to disagree. We're a church. Let us agree. Let us figure it out and agree and be one. Not let us agree to disagree. That, what that says is we need a degree of apartheid. No, 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 no. You see, toleration focuses on the differences. Love focuses on the similarities. And it is by the same spirit, we have access by the spirit that has brought us all the way through. We go beyond integration to acceptance. We go beyond toleration to love. Finally, we go way beyond natural culture, native culture, to kingdom culture. But everybody has their own culture. You have African culture, Chinese culture, you have different cultures. And God does not want our cultures flung out. Oh, no. I mean, he made the differences. And so the cultures are there. And wherever the cultures are in line with the scriptures, these cultures are to be celebrated. By the way, everybody's culture has something in there that the gospel will say, not that big. 
But in the house of God, as much as we love and celebrate the cultures and we, in our church back home, we take one day a year and we have an unbelievable party where all the cultures come and we have different foods and different clothes and we thought it's quite a hoot, I think you guys call it. <laughs> it's quite something. And we celebrate the cultures and it works because everybody understands. Yes, you may keep your culture, but you have the privilege of letting your culture bow down to the kingdom culture. Kingdom culture always trumps native culture. Or the way we may put it in the West is political correction. Political correction, you know, you've got to do it. Political correction mandates perfection in your expression. You've got to say it right or else it's not acceptable. You've like, got to say it right. If you, if you days ago, uh, back home in London, I was in some context, and the, little, the young lady there, probably teenager there to do your work experience, kind of what my thought was, she's going to try and call my name. Mr. She doesn't want to get it wrong. And my name is not an easy name. Mr. Col- and I could, I could see how she doesn't want to get it wrong. She doesn't want to offend. You get the feeling. She was probably giving a speech. You know, you got to do it all right. And I jumped up quickly. When I saw, as soon as she looked and she began to frown and try, I knew it's my name. It's my name. And I just ran up there and before, uh, Mr. Colioso, that before. She, oh, yeah. she says, uh, I, I, I didn't want to, I, I, and then she just left it there. She couldn't even finish the sentence because even to say I didn't want to get it wrong could be another problem. Just in case I'd be like, really? Are you saying my name is not pronounceable or something? I, I, so, she, it, so now this girl, she can do nothing right. This poor, nice looking little English girl, she can do nothing. She's trying to get it right, but she can't do it. Listen, if we bring that nonsense into the church of Jesus Christ, we end up with a church where everybody's walking like on eggshell. I don't want to say it wrong. I don't want to say it right. I will never let anyone on account of pronouncing my name feel awkward around me because the one who died for me on the bloodstained cross did not die so that people could pronounce my name right. (laughs) He died for something far deeper than that. Can you shout amen to that? This is true. Therefore, there's a way that we ought to live. See, my name, everybody will call me Toppy. Toppy. Guys, say. Well, you know, my real correct name, first of all, is Tokwe, but that's even a summarized, abbreviated, cut down version. Because the real name is Temi Tokwe Rolu Watuyo I call it a paragraph. <laughs> I call it speaking in tongues. <laughs> I call it a name that can never find a form to fill in that's going to have space for it. I don't, when people ask my name, I don't tell them that. Unless if it's the police. What, what is your name? Timmy Tapolo, you are your solution of passenger. Last warning. <laughs> <laughs> it works every time. 
The story that was read to you is a really interesting one, Judges 12. Says the Gileadites, they had a problem with their neighbors, the Amorites. The Gileadites are Israelites, but they had a problem. And so they got up and went to fight. And they went, they fought, they won, they come back. When they came back, their neighboring tribe, their own brothers, the Ephraimites, said to them, Why did you go without telling us? You guys are always getting up, just doing your own thing. Why did you go to war without calling us? And Jephthah's like, I did call you. And anytime I call you guys, you never come. So I took my life in my own hands and I went to fight. And the Ephraimites are like, oh yeah, you took your own life. You know, you guys are such a problem. I mean, it's not even like you're real Israelites after all. So what? You heard. It's not like you're really, you know. We, the real Israelite, we got Manasseh, we got Eve, we got uh, Manasseh, we got Ephraim. But you guys, the Gileadites, when they heard this, the Gileadites went insane. You took their swords and began to fight, and they, they, they just slaughtered the Ephraimites. Ephraimites had to run away. And to come back, you have to go through a certain bridge, you might say. And they, the Gileadites are now there looking for any left Ephraimite going to slaughter them. But they have to get back home. So the Ephraimites come and they get to this ford, to this area, and you have to go through. And so the Gileadites are there saying, Are you a Gileadite like us? Or are you an Ephraimite? Because they look the same. He's like, I, 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 I'm whatever you want me to be. That's what I would have said. <laughs> you know, are you a Gileadite like us? Yes, I'm a Gileadite. Just, just like you. Just like you. Well, for us to really know, pronounce the word Shiboleth. For you see, the Ephraimites could not pronounce that word. They were just made like that. They couldn't, the shir of the Shiboleth, they just couldn't frame to pronounce the word. It's the way the old the, uh, King James puts it. They couldn't frame to pronounce the word Shiboleth. For one time they try to say Shiboleth, it comes out as Sibboleth. And then they would know, you're not a Gileadite, you're an Ephraimite. Are you a Gileadite? He says, yes, pronounce Shiboleth. Well, you can imagine a person standing there doing their best to work it out, to pronounce it right. Because his life is in the balance here. He wants to say Shiboleth, but when it comes out, it's Sibboleth. And they take the sword and they kill him. I said that to say this, that that horrible story, because 42,000 people died, that horrible story shows us that the point of difference became the point of death. Because they're different from us, kill them. And it's sad that in the world in which we live today, that's still going on. It's why people should come to the church and meet the head of our church, Jesus Christ, who is completely different from any human being or people group. He's of a completely different order. The word is transcendent. And he came from heaven to earth, although he's different. And before you try to work it all up and find your own religion to do all the good you can, trying to pronounce it, he's like, hold your peace. I'll pronounce it for you. I'll do it all for you. And you, all you have to do is the privilege of accepting what I have done. Because for him, the point of difference becomes the point of joy, of salvation, of redemption, and of unity. As a church, we need to do these things in these days more than ever. 
to not follow the way of the world in trying to force racial oneness, but to do it the Bible way, beyond integration to real acceptance, beyond toleration to true love, and beyond native culture to kingdom culture. Because when we do that, then we have an authentic community. Now, anyone from any part of the world could come in, and even if they're the only ones of their kind, they would look around and say, I just feel loved in this place. For Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are mine, when you shall love one for another.